Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 431 for the fifth of Shvat in a regular year. And today we're going to be learning the beginning of chapter 20. But before we do, I want to preface with a question for you guys, which is going to kind of lead us into this chapter. And that question is, would you consider yourself to be an idolater? Do you worship idols? I'll give you guys a second to think about that. (laughs) And I'm assuming, I'm just going to take like a wild guess here, that the answer that most of you came up with is no. (laughs) You know, I'm assuming that because you're listening to a podcast, which is Jewish, and Judaism is known to be a monotheistic religion, by definition, not an idolatrous religion, right? So I'm assuming if you somewhat identify with this, then you most likely think of yourself more as a monotheist than anything else. However, what we will be learning in in this chapter and in, you know, really subsequent parts of the Tanya too, this is a pretty big topic within the Tanya, is that it's not that simple. And that when we talk about not worshiping idols, it's not as simple as just saying that we believe in one God and not two. To learn, and this is where the Alturbus starts us off today, is that this idea of not worshiping idols is actually the pivotal point of all of Judaism. And it's actually our entire purpose of life. So let's get right into the text and just, you know, to kind of give you a heads up here, we're not going to be answering all the questions today. Like some of the other episodes that we had, we're going to be kind of left with a little bit of a maybe confusion or questions still remaining, but sometimes that's good. You know, sometimes it's good to kind of like stay with a little bit of questions, something to think about. So here we go. So in chapter 20, the Alter Abba says that it's known it's pretty well known that the mitzvah and the warning against idolatry, which are the first two commandments that we were given, when we were given the 10 commandments, the first two commandments that we were given were, I am the Lord your God, that was the first one, right, who took you out of Egypt. And the second one was that you should not have other gods before you. So, Anochi, Hashem Anokecha, that's the first one, is I am the Lord your God. And the second one is Lo Yelcha meaning that you should not have other gods before you. And the Altropist says that it's very well known, and this is true not in not only in Hasidic circles, but across Judaism, that these two sayings, these two uh, commandments, encompass the entire Torah. And how is this? That the first commandment that we were given, Anuchi, I am the Lord your God, encompasses within it 
all of the positive commandments. So it's more of like a proactive statement. So it's it can encompasses all of the 248 positive commandments, the things we must do. And the second commandment of, and you should not, so it's a negative, you should not have other gods before you. This encompasses all of the transgressions, all of the negative commandments, as we call them, the 365 negative commandments. And this is why these two commandments were actually the only two commandments that we all heard directly from God. So little, maybe not so well fact, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, that actually when we say that we heard the Ten Commandments from God, we actually only directly heard the first two commandments, after which our souls expired and we just were not able to handle it anymore and we, our souls came back into us, but we begged Moshe to please serve as an intermediary because we just couldn't handle God's light. So we heard the the subsequent eight commandments from God, but through Moshe. But the first two commandments we heard directly, directly from God. And what the altar is saying here that this still, you know, even though there were only two commandments, these two commandments actually encompass the entire Torah within them. And that's why it was so essential that we hear those two commandments. And so now to explain this a little bit more, the altar says that we must remember a little bit this idea of the unity of God. So what is this unity of God? God is called a Yachid. He's Yachid is like unique. It's basically the uh, the translation of it. And Miuchad, and he's called Yachid or Miuchad. It comes from the same root. Miuchad in modern Hebrew means special. It's like unique, special. There's only one God, and it's more than just that God is one. It's that He's very unique. What makes God unique? It's and then here he quotes from the Rosh Hashanah prayers, actually from the Musaf of the Rosh Hashanah prayers, where it says the Ma'aminim that all who believe believe that there's only Him. That and what does this mean? That there's only Him. That just like before creation and after creation, God is exactly the same, and there's only Him, and that He did not change. So. God is the same God before he created the world, after he created the world, he didn't change. He's, he's fixed, he's constant, it's the same exact God. And there's no change in him at all. And then he brings another citation from davening, from the from the sitter, where it says, Ani Hashem lo shiniti, that I am God and I did not change. So again, what does this mean? It means that all of these worlds and all of, of this entire world and all of the supernal worlds don't affect any change in his unity at all, in him creating these things from nothing to something. And he's exactly the same way that he was before creation and after creation. And why, how is this? How does this manifest? In the sense that everything else apart from God, it's as if not. It's as if it does not exist. And it's as if it's not in nothing in relation to him. Such that the ex nihilo bringing into being of all of the worlds, whether we're talking about the higher worlds or the lower worlds. Uh, so there's a lot of worlds out there. We think of only our world, but there's actually many, many spiritual worlds. Um, so the way that these worlds are brought into being and that they're vivified and sustainable is coming from the word of God and from the spirit of his mouth that's vested within them. That's, this is the only existence that these worlds have. They have no existence of their own. So that's the end of the section for today. So just to explain this a little bit. So the way to think about this is if you think about any other type of creation, other any other type of creator, 
other than God. So for example, a, um, a Mozart, you know, like a composer like Mozart. So Mozart wrote many beautiful music pieces, sure, right? But now Mozart is no longer alive anymore. So is Mozart constantly vivifying these pieces? No, they kind of took on an existence of their own. Like they kind of, they exist in their own right. So too with anything else, somebody builds a house, you know, somebody builds a chair, whatever. They build that house, they build that chair. Uh, it's there, you know, whether the person's actively there with it at all times. But with God, it's like he's constantly there and he's constantly bringing that thing into being something from nothing at all times. An image that comes to mind for me is, is let's say a bottle that is filled up with water and held upside down. And you need that finger on top of the bottle in order to have the water not flow out and not um, escape the bottle. So that's how it is with God and his creation, that God's constant, not only vigilance, but constant bringing into being, literally bringing into being something for nothing at all times through his mouth is what's necessary in order to have the world constantly sustain itself, constantly be here. Not only our worlds, but all of the worlds. And at the same time, the most amazing thing about it that also makes God really unique is that he doesn't change. So again, going back to the analogy of Mozart or going back to the analogy of the carpenter or you know whatever it is. So any action that we as humans do is going to affect us in some way. Anytime we create something, it's going to affect who we are. So there's actually been studies where people have, where archaeologists have dug up uh, older bodies and they are able to tell the profession of the person by looking at their bone structure. Was this person an athlete? Was this person an artisan? Was this person, was this person a musician? These things can be seen in archaeological evidence. And it's really because what we do, the way we live our lives, the way, what, what we create in this world really has an effect on us. And it actually literally changes who we are uh, on a physical level and on a psychological level as well. You know, like I can only imagine that Mozart, you know, for a lot of artists, it's a, it's a therapeutic process kind of, you know, writing his music, if he was writing a certain piece that was sad, I, I'm sure that evoked within him different kinds of feelings that transformed him in a certain way and shaped who he was. Versus for God, God is really unique that there's no like change. There's no, you know, you can't go and see there's like archaeological discovery of God and, oh, okay, now he created the world and it's it, it, it was this kind of shape. So this is why, you know, God is structured in this way. God forbid, you know, God is a constant. God doesn't change. God is the exact same God he was before creation and after creation. And that's what's really unique about God. So there's a lot more to be said about this. And um, it's it's uh, delved into very much in throughout Chassidus, uh, but for now, we'll leave it here and we will continue along these lines tomorrow when we continue with this chapter and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzchak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, Please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.